Welcome to Wheel to Wheel F1. I'm Noah Hicks, joined by Tanner Hicks and Lance Ellington. And today we are doing the race preview for the Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. We're looking forward to it. Just like all of our other race previews, we're going to kick it off with kind of storylines of the week, what we're really expecting, kind of some gossip around F1. Then we're going to jump into Tanner's Two Truths and Alliance and interesting facts about Barcelona and stuff like that. And then we're going to catch the weather forecast from Tornado Tanner. Following that, we're going to open up another kind of new segment. We introduced it last race preview, and we're going to jump into kind of some qualifying surprises, whether it's Q1 or Q2 exits, maybe somebody that's a surprise to get into a qualifying segment. We'll see. And then after that, we're going to get some betting props from Lance Big Bookie Ellington. And finally, we're going to wrap it up with our podium predictions. But how you guys doing before we jump all the way into F1? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be talking Formula One as usual. I'm looking forward to these next two weeks, kind of a little bit of back-to-back racing for the first time this year. That should be exciting. Life's going good outside the podcast right now, so I'm in high spirits. That being said, it is a Monday. Agreed, agreed. It is a Monday. I got to say, Noah, as in a former eight-year-old member of the Recreational Soccer League Tornadoes, I have hit my stride as Tornado Tanner this week. Um, so I like it. I like it. You got a ringing endorsement, um, but I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk some F1. I'm excited about this race. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. For the, for the listeners that don't know, Noah has been giving Tanner a different nickname each week. Just, you know, every race kind of throwing out some new weather adjective per se and tacking it on. And he's trying to get creative. He'll have to end up with 23 of them. We're six in. I think he's already sweating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I kind of panicked. I didn't have one right when we jumped on. So I had to kind of scramble a little bit and think about what I've done before. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a fun time. But I'm always happy to kind of reincarnate the tornadoes from back in the day when Tanner and I played rec league soccer. But, yeah, I'm oh, doing yeah. well, too. Uh, I'll I can feel that it's a Monday, you know, I, my one interesting thought of the day is I made like a grilled cheese for lunch. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what type of, what type of cheese, what type of cheese? Like I was using craft singles, man. I think oh, craft singles struggle are the bus. best way to, no, nah, I think they're the best way to go for grilled cheese. That's a hot take, I think, but I had, mm-hmm. I had a thought. All right. So when I was cutting my grilled cheese, right. Mm-hmm. I, I cut those sandwiches in triangles, but if I'm doing like, a sandwich with like like a ham and cheese sandwich or like TV and J I cut it in rectangles. Like, is that weird or <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wanted to bring it up. No, that's something people do. Cause a lot of people like the crusts and you just, you, you I don't know. I feel I like it's a crust exposure thing. It is a crust exposure thing. It absolutely is. Um, but no, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> your interesting fact of the day being that you make grilled cheese for lunch just uh i think I, you I should be more it. proud of uh it. of the celtics but... winning game seven i was oh, ready for a comment so, about so that to be you all know. right listen the celtics won game seven we beat the reigning championship bucks my guy grant williams had the game of his life hitting seven threes more more than everybody on the but more than the entire bucks team combined 
listen, the Celtics are on a high. Okay. That's you know, I really just, yeah, had this, I gave you your moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I really just had this random thought, you know, I'm cutting my sandwich. I'm just like, is it weird that I cut it different directions? I don't know. I don't know. And then I got bagel sandwiches. Sometimes I don't cut those. That'd be weird. But I don't yeah. know. It's just like a whole. Wait, no, worms, it wouldn't right? to cut a bagel sandwich. I don't know. Why are you cutting a bagel sandwich you, here at home? If you right? cut a bagel sandwich, either diagonal or across, it just looks the same. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, insane. <laughs> There's no crust exposure theory on bagels. Oh, my yeah. God. What You're welcome. The, this despite our, our loose banter, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for this episode. We're not trying to push it any farther than, you know, the normal 50 minutes to an hour we do, but we're packing in another segment, trying to load you guys up with more hot takes, more content, more discussion, throwing in these qualities. So it should be a good time. And grilled cheese. And yeah. (laughs) Storylines of the week. What are you guys expecting going into Barcelona this, uh, this week? I'm expecting Ferrari to be fast. Um, they're bringing some upgrades this weekend. They felt like they were really necessary. And when I say they, I'm mainly referring to things I've heard from Mattia Bonotto interviews. He's ready for some upgrades. He's ready to quote unquote, catch up with Red Bull's pace over the last two races. And he looks to get back on top. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, I'll probably say this every race at this point as a storyline is whether or not we see Mercedes inch back their way up to those top two teams. I don't think this is going to happen this weekend. I think it's, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen last weekend. And so I'm okay with, uh, with tabling that. Understandable. I expect uh, I've seen things about Lance Stroll. He's getting an upgrade package. Seb Vettel is not, they're going to give it to Lance Stroll for the week. So that'll be interesting. We've seen Aston Martin get some pace over the last couple of races. So who knows? Maybe we uh, we see a Lance Stroll race this week. Maybe a surprise top 10 finish or even higher. That'd be could wild. Be. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Could be. Everybody be- knows it's, it's Stroll as the primary driver. Notice how I don't say best driver. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now all these diff- you know, interesting vibes in that Lawrence Stroll team. But but yeah, I'm excited for Ferrari this weekend. I think they're really going to bring the pace. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I want to see, so the last episode, for those that don't know, we just posted a driver's rankings, kind of like a power rankings, going through our top 10 drivers through the first five races this season, arguing back and forth, you know, who's outperformed expectations, who's doing, you know, based off their car and different things like that. So be sure to check that out. But I'm intrigued because now we've all kind of backed back some guys on where we believe they're performing. And let's see if it continues, right? There's certain guys that we had in our top five. I won't spoil it, but were we wrong or right? There were guys we excluded from the top 10. Were we wrong to put a guy at 11 or 12 rather than in? Who knows? But now we have something to go off of. We absolutely do. And coming into a race like Barcelona – a race that's been used as one of the testing sites for years and years and years because of how normal of a track it is when you're thinking the extremes of an F1 track where maybe it's super high speed or maybe it's like super hairpin corners and all the way around. 
Barcelona is a little bit in the middle. And so it's been used for testing for years. It's also been used as a target for upgrades so that these cars can start to figure out where their strengths truly lie, because you're going to see a little bit of all of it to an extent, of course, in Barcelona. So it, as as much as the first race of the season in Bahrain was a good barometer for where these teams are at, Barcelona is going to be an even better one with some upgrades that are going to last longer throughout this season for these teams. One guy in particular that I'm looking forward to probably have a bounce back week is Daniel Ricciardo. He's had some struggles recently. Lando Norris has been outperforming him, and it'd be great to see him make it into Q3, have some good qualifying, and even keep pace, you know, there in the points throughout the entire race, not make any incidents, you know, avoid crashing, and just have a solid race. I think that'll go a long way for him. One of the AlphaTauri drivers needs to make an appearance maybe in Q3 this week or at least push the points, get close to that 11th and 12th spot, show some pace in that car. So there are some drivers I'm I'm looking at this week to see some things proven from them. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely under spotlight. There are drivers at the top that are always going to be in under, under the spotlight. See Carlos Sainz and Checo Perez as guys who really need to keep performing or start performing um, in, in Sainz's case especially. Um, and there's a guy like Fernando Alonso who hasn't put in the results or Lewis Hamilton who hasn't put in the results, but that for both of them, it's largely been unlucky this year. So they're not unproven. They're not somebody that um, I guess are under a microscope in terms of their current racing ability, but there are guys, they are guys who are definitely eager to be back up the table right now. True. It's going to be a fun one. I, I really don't know what to expect having the week off. It's always kind of hit or miss. You know, do you expect teams to come in with upgrade packages? Will those upgrade packages work? I mean, who knows? All we know is Lewis Hamilton won't be showing up in jewelry. <laughs> Fair point. I, I'm expecting, I'm going to predict now and I'll talk about it again later. There's going to be a crash this week, and I think it's going to be at the top of the grid somewhere. I think we're finally going to have some of this competitiveness come out between these guys, and they're just going to get a little too close maybe on a a corner or on a straight, and and who knows, maybe we see some retirements here at the top. We've seen some towards the back. We've seen some in the midfield. At the top, it's primarily been to reliability, if at all, outside of the signs and Ricardo incident. So this, that's that's my prediction. We're six races in. It's time for maybe some of these top guys to to bump a little bit. Yep, elbows out, Max. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We saw elbows out, Max, at the start of Barcelona last year. He, you know, took Lewis into turn one. And if you if it sounds like I know what I'm talking about from Barcelona this year, that's because for once in a race preview, I'm actually semi prepared. For two truths and a lie because i do not want to lose again just kind of throwing it out there laying it up so that when i do lose it'll be that much funnier so uh <laughs> we'll see you said that not me yeah i just want you to remember that i'm dude I, I i have no confidence i have a question for you guys how are we feeling about joe guan yu we're five races in he's a rookie we know part of the reason he is here is because of the sponsorship and money he does bring. 
He has not done awful. His teammate Valkyrie Botas has done pretty great, outperforming expectations, I would say, regardless of what people were thinking coming into the season. Where, where are you guys on the rookie Joe Guan Yu? Tanner? I'm very low. I keep wanting them wanting to have him climbing up in maybe it's quality, maybe it's in the final race standings, but it just isn't happening. And so I, I, for lack of a better term, I don't have the confidence to put him up there. And so with that said, he, I mean, talk about guys who have something to prove. On one hand, you can say, yes, Valtteri Botas has been performing incredibly, and that's absolutely true. Then on the other end of the spectrum is Zhou Guan Yu, an average driver in a car that is just being driven beautifully by Valtteri Botas. I don't think so. I think it's it's in a mid, yeah, probably an average car that is just driven, being driven pretty poorly by Zhou Guan Yu. And so it's tough with him. We haven't seen a lot. And so I'm not super high on him right now. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, it's hard to get an F1 seat and it's hard to keep one. Whether or not you're bringing in crazy sponsorships, I think the plan for Alfa Romeo was always that Zhou Yu was going to be around for a year or two max. Uh, they were going to take his money and run, kind of, and, and move on to a, a driver with more potential, like Teo Porcher. And so it's going to play itself out towards silly season you know is he gonna resign it's it's gonna be close because he's not locked in the next year so we'll see if he does resign it's tough to keep a seat and he hasn't shown enough to keep a seat uh kind of depends also you know is the chinese sponsorships is the chinese fandom really coming in to f1 like they had hoped with the only chinese driver on the grid yeah it'll be interesting to see i think the only other thing that i kind of you brought made me think about right there is the fact that you know we talk about rookie drivers with a bunch of potential potentially coming into f1 teams this week we have nick devries reserve driver for mercedes uh driving for uh albon in place of albon for williams in fp1 this weekend and so is that writing on the wall for nicholas latifi He's I don't 20, know. He's 27. He's no, I know he's 27. Drugs. I know he's 27. But he's okay. but you still think about him as kind of in the in the same vein as as potentially talents that are yet to make it into F1. Mid-season change. Mid-season <laughs> change. Come on, guys. <laughs> say it with me. I'll say this for Zhou Guan Yu for for you guys being a little bit down on him. I would say. He's kind of right in the middle for me, personally. I don't have him at a 10. I don't have him at a 1. He's just sitting there at a 5. He hasn't shown much, but I don't think I've seen him personally make a ton of mistakes outside of not getting the pace. I think he got unlucky in qualifying in Miami, running into the backup of all the cars around the corner there in Q2, and it looked like he was going to get through. Or that may have been Q1, but either way, that was not his fault. I think he's had at least one, maybe two retirements, two reliability issues, not his fault. And on top of that all, he does have a single point, which is more than a driver in Mick Schumacher. And not to breathe down on him, I know their circumstances, but he has scored a point relatively quick compared to some of the other drivers we've seen here for a while. 
And so I don't want to write him off yet. Who knows if he'll be here next year. Five races is a good chunk, but let's see if he can get something going in these next two races. Have a couple maybe back-to-back top 13, top 12 finishes, and I think we might be feeling different. Yeah, tons of storylines to kind of look at for this race, you know. In, in terms of the top, it's does Ferrari finally look faster again than Red Bull, or are they closer at least, you know. Well, obviously, they've always been close in qualifying, but we're going to see if Ferrari can keep the pace in front of Red Bull. Then, you know, you move further back. Do you want to see, does Mercedes catch up to the top two? Does McLaren catch Mercedes? That's another kind of question mark. Then in the midfield, you know, Alpine's kind of teetering in this weird spot uh, where sometimes they score points, sometimes they don't. Sometimes weird things happen during the race. Kind of hard to predict. You got Alfa Romeo, you got a rookie driver who's not doing great, and then a qualifier in uh, Valtteri Bottas. Haas all over the place, Alfa Tauri all over the place, Aston Martin starting to push. You know, they, they, they've they they've started to push, started to score some points, and I, I wonder if they're going to join the midfield battle. So really a lot of things to look at this weekend. I'm pretty excited. I think Barcelona isn't known for overtaking, but I think it's a cool track kind of a historic track. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I think Barcelona is really going to test these new regulations and see if they really are helping some closer racing, maybe not as much overtaking that still may be true from years past this year, but hopefully we can see these cars stick a bit closer and at least provide a bit more opportunity for that. Shall we say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we've, we've played out some storylines Let's hear from from Tanner. Two truths and a lie is interesting facts. What you got this week, Tanner? All right, boys. Getting into the sixth rendition of Two Truths and a Lie for this Spanish Grand Prix. Starting it off hot. First fact or not. Max Verstappen won here on his Red Bull debut in 2016. Second one. Fernando Alonso and Pastor Maldonado are the only Spanish drivers to ever win in Barcelona. And lastly, a guy that we've talked about a little bit on this episode already, Lance Stroll has not finished worse than P13 in a race this season so far. Through five races, his worst result is P13. This year? That's what I said. Okay, so... I think that first one is true. I'm pretty sure Max did win in his debut. I'm, I know he's won at Barcelona. He won know, in his debut, but was it Barcelona? I'm pretty sure it was Barcelona. That was his first one with Red Bull. I think yeah. so. If my memory is right. I guess it would be a weird time to pull Max's first win if it wasn't Barcelona, right? Tanner, did you specify the year? Did you specify 2016? If I didn't, then yeah, I specified 2016. Sweet. Okay, cool. (laughs) So like I said, Max Verstappen, pretty sure right. I think we could dive into the Lance Stroll one. And what was the middle one? I missed it. That only which two drivers to win? Fernando Alonso and Pastor Maldonado are the only Spanish drivers to ever win in Barcelona. And Pastor Maldonado was a Williams racer, I believe. That's right. For 
for his heyday anyway. That's right. Hmm. Well, we know we know we know it's not signs. I'll say that. No. We do know <laughs> that signs has never won in Barcelona. This is Spain true. without an S. Yes. Okay. All let's, right. let's talk about Lance Stroll. 13. Top, top 13. Top 13. So last race, right? What did he do last race? He, he almost didn't do got it. He didn't do it in, in week one. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off there, but did he do it in week one, even with the retirements? I don't know. I they, can't remember. They had a really slow car. I know. But there were, what, four, five retirements? And McLaren was slow week one, too. Yeah, they were. But weren't they faster than Aston Martin? I remember, like, they, a, I remember they... like a 14-15 finish. Yeah. I'm not positive. Okay, right. Jetta. Jetta, he probably could have. Right? We had like six retirements or something. Yeah, it was crazy. I don't think he's retired the car. I'll up and say it, that. Right? No, he hasn't retired the car because that would be a not super yeah. fun. Well, yeah, no. I mean, that's that's fine if you didn't say it. I don't think he's retired the car, and I guess you confirmed it there. Right. So we know Miami. I'm going to put him down for Jetta. He was leading the – was it the DRS train? Was that in Australia when he was up there? Um, or in the DRS train? You talking about the DRS train that kept Lewis in 13th and he was racing behind a certain Pierre Gasly? Yeah, and Pierre Gasly may have been behind Stroll. Yeah, that, that sounds – That was vaguely familiar. I know that. I think that one might – might be true. So as Pastor Maldonado, everyone in Spain, or oh, goodness, uh, he might not even be Spanish. I mean, he's probably Spanish, but like he might not, because I don't know for right. sure. I just know he drove <laughs> drove for Williams. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I. I don't know on that one. I just don't. Uninformed Formula One guy here, and so I may have to go with that. That's a lie. With Fernando Alonso and Pastor Maldonado. Yeah. See, like that's where I'm leaning. I feel I feel like in the um in in Drive to Survive, right? Uh, there was that one episode, you know, season one, season two, whatever, where it's it's like Carlos Sainz trying to beat his idol and Fernando Alonso. And they never mentioned Pastor Maldonado as one of those guys. So I think I'm with you there as Pastor Maldonado and Fernando Alonso winning the only Spaniards to ever win as the lie. Hell, there could be another Spaniard that we're not thinking of. So yeah, I, I'm on board with that. I feel like that's more plausible. But what if Flan Stroll had a P14? Nah, nah, I'm, I'm not flip-flopping. Okay, so we're locking it in together. We think Lance Stroll has finished in the top 13 in all five races. We think Max Verstappen, first one with Red Bull, his debut race was Barcelona. But we do not believe the two winners of the Spanish Grand Prix that maybe there's more or, or maybe they didn't win. What do you got for us, Tanner? Well, boys. On this sixth rendition of Two Truths and a Lie for this Spanish Grand Prix, 
at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. You are both correct. I thank God you guys got it. I'm so happy for you both. I really yes. wanted you guys to get this one. And Noah, you mentioned it. The reason that that's a lie, Pastor Maldonado is Venezuelan. I thought oh, you guys. Let's I, go. <laughs> I thought one of you guys would have known that for sure and would have you know sussed it out. But like, you threw it out there. So I'm glad you had the reasoning in your head. He yep. won in 2012. Yes, with Williams. Um, so I'm glad you guys got it. Yes, Lance Stroll finished P13 in every single or better in every single race this season in Bahrain because that was the one in question. In Bahrain, retirements. Gasly, Verstappen, Perez. Drivers he finished in front of, in order. Nico Hulkenberg, Nikki Latifi, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricciardo, Alex Albon. He Checks finished out. P12. Good call, Lance. Oh, come Very on. nice. I'm thrilled. Maybe Lance guys. Stroll is the primary driver. What's going on? Hey, I'm just saying, There's there, there may be something there. I feel happy driver. to have I'm happy to have logic my way to that. I'm gonna take a minute and celebrate this win that we just got, Noah. It is oh, awesome. Yeah. It feels great. This must feel how Tanner is every race, at least against you. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two and I'm four, baby. You guys. Noah, you're two and four. Lance, you are three and three. I'm thrilled that you guys got that one. Um, and I, I, I am equally thrilled that you guys both knew pretty much straight off the bat that yes, Max Verstappen's debut drive for Red Bull was a victory here in Barcelona. That was that was his coming out party, essentially. Everybody knew, okay, up and coming driver. And, um, and that was the big ex- explanation point uh, driving alongside Daniel Ricciardo at that time. So mm-hmm. I, I am thrilled for you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, that, was, that was a good fact. I like bringing up uh, that debut win from Max. I think that's good. I think the people want to hear that. They want to know that. I'm going to throw out a fun fact. I don't know if I've said it yet. I know I wanted to say it. Guys, this is our 20th episode. Well, that is fun. Yeah, it is episode number 20. So there's our own fun fact. Are we telling the truth or are we lying? We're, we're kind of doing both, but yeah. Yeah, it's going to say 20 on the episode, but is it number 20 in truth? Nah. because we left the number off what a couple episodes i don't know yeah at least for the uh for the k mag replacement Uh, i think i think i have an incoming call from from boots on the ground tornado tanner he has he has us with some news let's throw it to tornado tanner all right lads coming to you live from barcelona here out in spain we've made our way to europe for this race and we're excited to see what it brings us. Barcelona is going to be pretty. We're very excited for the race in Barcelona. It's not crazy weather-wise. This is something that we've seen in years past in Barcelona. The weather here kind of continues to stay pretty consistent. Nice weather, not extremely hot, just a beautiful place to be. And so with that, the biggest thing uh, that I want to hit on, because the weather isn't that crazy, is the tire strategy for this race. Tire strategy was the top of discussion during last year's race. Max Verstappen and Red Bull pitted one time, and this was the first time last season 
we truly got to witness hammer time. Lewis Hamilton pitted twice. And after that second pit, he went onto those mediums and those last, I think, 22 laps and just went on a tear. He carved through the field and eventually he caught Max Verstappen, who at the time when he pitted was, I don't know how many seconds, but at least 20 um, seconds ahead of him. 22. 22. Your boy Ooh. did his research. There you go. There you go. But yes, with that, unless things have changed, unless the tire compounds are so vastly different from last year that, that that's going to change the tire strategy for this race, that two-stopper will likely be the optimal race strategy for the drivers this week, part- particularly two stints on mediums, one stint on the hards. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I would love to see a two-stopper. Two-stoppers are exciting. One thing on that, and this isn't really weather-related, that I'm getting kind of bored of, I hate this reactionary pitting that the top teams do now. You know, I don't know if this has always been the case because I haven't been a Formula One fan for that long, but there's nothing more annoying to me than one team saying, ooh, I'm going to try for the undercut. And us never getting to see if the undercut would have worked because the other team just ends up pitting the lap later. Just total reactionary, just, oh, okay, they're pitting, we're five seconds ahead, can't lose half a second, so let's pit now, not waste any time. Is it smart? Yes. I I don't blame them because it's eliminating that whole chance factor, so I get it, but it's so frustrating. As a Ferrari fan, if Ferrari tries to make a strategy and Red Bull's just like, ah, we'll copy them. That's, that's annoying to me. I want to see it mixed up this weekend. That's fair. That's a fair little rant. My rant is going to be the camera or the TV being on the pit stop or being on the fans or being on the sky when overtakes or competitive racing is happening. Rather than showing us what's going on on the racetrack, we're getting faces of celebrities who I don't know, just like Martin Brundle. Something like that. There's that's my rant to tag along with you there, Noah. I want to. I want to complain. Solution. There's such a good solution. All they have to do is go for like an octo box, like we have with NFL Red Zone. It's such a good solution. Just Absolutely. octo box the grid. I, I was saying a, the other I'm week. A, I, I don't think I said it to you guys. I want to see Scott Hansen with Crofty. I th- I think it would be a force to be reckoned with as long listen, as we're doing this. Uh, Double box, octo box, you know. Hanson does it seven hours a day. He does it seven hours on those Sundays. We're just asking for a couple hours of bouncing between some great racing. Show me two screens at once, three screens or, at once. It's or not at hard. Least, or at least get the tiny boxes on the left side where it's showing the grid. That's that. I don't think that's too much to ask for. So, I Lance, I'm with you. No, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, it is a it, it is a fun rant, um, and especially this year too. Like it'd be one thing if Mercedes was one of these top teams, and Mercedes, as we all know, really struggles on the first lap of their new tires. They need more time to heat up their tires than some other teams on the grid, and so that reactionary pitting might not necessarily be as a big deal when you're talking about Mercedes because of how long it takes to heat up tires. But that's not the case with our top two teams. So it's not, not, not really something that I, I get to nerd out about unless, uh, unless I have a platform like this. <laughs> Look there at you, you having a platform. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Look for, at you. 
Thanks for listening to me on my soapbox. <laughs> Anytime, Tanner. Anytime. But yeah, no, that's that's our weather. Thanks, Tornado Tanner. Always, always appreciated. Um, but yeah, I guess I think we can jump into our qualifying surprises. This is kind of a new segment that we started last week, kind of an ad hoc thing where we were like, all right, what would be a surprise Q1 exit? We might expand it to Q2 here. Personally, I only wrote down a surprise Q1 exit. And so uh, I'm curious to hear what y'all have. So uh, Lance, let's start with you. So I mentioned it earlier for Aston Martin. They are bringing upgrades this week, but only Lance Strong is getting them. So my surprise Q1 exit is the one world champion or the four-time world champion, but the one Sebastian Vettel. I think it would be a surprise in my mind for him to go out. I know that may be controversy to say it's a surprise. Some may expect it, but that's going to be mine. Fair enough. Fair enough. I could absolutely see that happening. Um, wouldn't it's a, yeah, it's a borderline surprise. So I'll, I'll give you that one. I have one that I consider absolutely a surprise. Absolutely. Given our power rankings back a week ago, uh, my surprise Q1 exit of this week and it's not something I want to see happen. Let's let's preface that. But something that I wouldn't be surprised to see that I think most fans would be surprised to see is an Alex Albon Q1 exit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be a surprise to me. Because I think a lot of what Alex Albon's been making his money on is going on those hard tires and just outlasting everybody. Yeah, so, yeah no, you're not wrong. He's be- definitely made his money so far this season in the race more so than qualifying yeah so i might have a hotter take as a q1 exit all right i decided to i decided to kind of go for it we talked a little bit about it in our power rankings about guys being in our top 10 and maybe drifting out and so on that my hot take for a q1 exit is kevin magnuson wow though i think he's had a great year so far you know, he struggled the last couple races. He wasn't amazing his last time out in Barcelona. I know that in 2020, he finished in P15, which was a lot better than his teammate Roman Grosjean, but that's not necessarily saying a ton. And so I think there's a chance that he comes out flat on Saturday. And uh, maybe we see Mick in the Q2. But yeah, that's that's my hot take. I I don't know how surprising that is given Haas's recent struggles, but uh, yeah. That is, that would be surprising. That would be surprising. Uh, I like the part that make out qualifies him. I like that part. part. Yeah. That's interesting. I hope, I hope if K mag were to go out, that is the case. I have one more. I'll give us one more thing to talk about for qualifying. Just a little teaser. And this is a hot take. This is where I reserve my hot take. Sebastian Vettel may not as much since he's not getting that upgrade package. Maybe a bit more likely for him to go out in Q1. But this is about somebody getting into Q3. I don't think you guys are going to see this one coming. Someone who's outperformed his teammate this year. He's doing okay. He's getting some points. He's been a little surprising in qualifying. Yuki Sonoda getting into Q3 this week. I, 
I could even see where he struggles in practice a bit. And all of a sudden he's just able to put a couple good laps together. And we see him getting into that top 10, getting a position in ninth or 10th. That is going to be my surprise entry that I think could happen this week. We've seen it before. And I think we're going to see it again. And I'm betting in Barcelona that we do. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. I could see it happening. Uh, I hope it doesn't because probably one of my Alpines is out in Q2. Um, Yeah, yeah, at least one. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Maybe we'll see a Chucky Lechleck slip up in Q2. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was cruel. Yeah, twice (laughs) twice in one week, first Nicky Lauda's car and now qualifying? Listen, the brakes failed. It's not his fault. You know, all I'm saying, car. All I'm saying is that a man who hopes to win the F1 drivers' championship shouldn't be crashing a historic piece of machinery. Historic pieces of machinery shouldn't have faulty brake pads. That's my defense. <laughs> I don't I think know. We're man. mixing historic with well-made. <laughs> exactly oh yeah Chose my that, words that was an oof that was an oof charles is kind of cursed at at monaco can't can't really get past that don't know what to say about it it's a uh, it's not the best for those that don't know what we're talking about this past week charles leclerc had the opportunity to drive race formula one legend nicky lauda's 19 what was it? 76 Okay, 1970s, we'll say, 1970s car on Monaco, and he crashed into the wall. But sadly, or not sadly, he crashed, but it was proven that it was because the brakes were not working, so he did lose the tail of it and hit into the wall. But maybe he's being big brain by getting it out of the way two weeks ahead or a week ahead of the race. Two weeks ahead. He's got to do it once, you know? Is not had the best history at Monaco for those who don't know. And this is just the precursor for him to finally take home his home Grand Prix in a few weeks. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But but more on that later. <laughs> let's let's stick to Barcelona. Big Bookie Ellington, where you at? Would you like to bleed us in some uh, betting props? Yeah, let's do some betting props. I usually don't have the odds because we're recording these on Sundays, but this week, just a day later, and I'm getting the odds on everything. Points, finishes, podiums, top sixes, fastest laps, winning car, winning driver. So we're going to get into it all. So starting off in the points, as we usual do, I got three drivers that I'm looking at this week that may have some good odds that we can take advantage of. And I'll start more towards the back and work my way up. One guy we've seen have some pretty quality finishes recently. We talked about him in our driver's rankings. He made it into the top 10 for some of us, but not all of us. I have one Alex Albon at plus 250 to have a points finish. Now I will say the problem here is... It's a qualifying. It's a qualifying track, right? You have to put in a good lap, and that's usually what's going to help you out. But we talked about race strategy. And if he is someone who is maybe to get away with the one-stopper of sorts, maybe we could see him get into the top 10 if other 
drivers are having at two stops. The next driver I want to talk about is one Lance Stroll who's getting an upgrade package. We just heard that he's finishing the top 13 every time. So if he can just extract a little bit more out of the car or get a little bit more of a boost, which these upgrades might provide, maybe we see him with a surprise points finish. That's a plus 195. And the next, we know this guy has a car that is fast enough to be in the points. We know he is a good enough driver to be in the points. But we're going to buy low on him because he has been struggling. So the odds are there. Daniel Ricciardo plus 125 plus odds to get into the points with the driver that good in a car like that. I think it is fair. What do you guys think about that? We have Alex Albon, Lance Stroll, Daniel Ricciardo betting on the points. Daniel Ricciardo plus odds to get in the points. Sign me up. Sign me up. McLaren's been trending upwards. A lot of times last year, Danny Rick kind of did this where, you know, he had a few quiet races with some bad luck. And then he showed up in a big way. Sign me up for, for a Danny Rick points finish. That one's easy for me. Yeah. Alex Albon kind of gives me a little pause. Not mm-hmm. not too sure about that, uh, about, you know, striking gold twice, you know, that kind of mantra. But I don't know if he can follow up his performances again and again. It's, it'd be really tough in that car. Not Not striking down him as a driver, striking down the Williams car, really. And Lance Stroll on the points. He might. I mean, the guys finished top 13 in every single race we now know. So so with an upgrade package like this, why not bet on him to finish in the points? I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible take. I also feel like Alpha Tauri might be here to kind of reintroduce themselves into the midfield race this week. So we might see them kind of challenge for those ninth, 10th place spots. So I think it's going to be close. I really like the Danny Rick bet. I kind of like the Lance Stroll bet. Not too sure on Alex Albon. Tanner, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat on all of these as you. Um, I I wouldn't put my money into Alex Albon, even though those are spicy odds. Uh, Stroll is similar. Also, very spicy odds at plus 195. Definitely, I uh, definitely would have signed myself out of it if it were worse. Uh, But plus 195 is pretty enticing, not going to lie. Um, and like exactly like you said, Noah, plus odds for Daniel Ricardo in a upward trending McLaren car to finish in the points. You can probably sign me up for that too. I I, I don't want to believe that that's going to happen as an Alpine fan in a more or less fight with McLaren, but it, it, it makes a ton of sense, especially given the fact that he outperformed his teammate Lando Norris here last year. I like it. I like it. Sounds like we're riding high on Danny Ricardo, which those are things we like to hear on the Wheel to Wheel Formula One podcast. Go on, getting in, Badger. Getting into our top six. I This is going to be interesting. We're going to test Tanner here. I want to hear what he has to think. But before we get to that, I'm going to tease him, and I'm going to jump to the most sure bet that I think you can do right now is take George Russell for a top six finish it's not great odds. It's minus 230, right? Ooh. But here's the thing. You're going to get some money back. It's going to come back into your pocket because you know why? He's the only driver to finish in the top five every time. We're going to ride that high streak. We're going to believe in him, and we're going to say, we're not losing all our money this week. Barcelona may be a little bit tough to make money. 
The track may not be there for the overtakes. So we're going to go with that. Noah Tanner? I, I don't uh, – nah. <laughs> A big part of me feels like a top five finish in five straight races. I'm ready for him to fall off. I think it's going to happen at some point. I don't think he's impervious to it. And those odds just minus 230, you said, that's a little scary. That's a little scary to me. I understand it. I definitely understand it. It makes sense, especially at a track that rewards, basically it rewards what you would expect out of cars. It's a good testing ground. And if you believe that it's going to be chalk, if you believe that that Mercedes car is definitively that third best car, it makes a ton of sense to have him in the top six. I'm not sure I like it enough to put minus 230 odds on it, though. Yeah, the minus 230 odds don't get me too fired up, not going to lie. But I also, I don't really think George Russell's going to put in a bad qualifying. I don't really think he's going to do it, so I don't think it's a bad bet. I think it's minus 230 for a reason, right? If you're taking some long shot bets like Alex Albon in the points, maybe you do want to take some George Russell in the point in the top six just to kind of shore it up a little bit. I'm sure there are some, you know, other hotter take bets, but you might be losing all your money there. So I don't think it's awful. Could be worse, uh, especially knowing that, you know, Carlos or gosh, Sergio Perez and Carlos signs in top six, that's probably looking at minus 300 minus 250, something like that. I think I'd rather take that George Russell bet. And so I, I see where you're coming from there, Lance. All right. Fair enough. Like I said, just uh, trying to think of a safe bet for our listeners this week. This is where we're going to tear Tanner apart. Not really, but who would you guys prefer this week to have a top six finish? I know it's a surprise, but do you – Fernando Alonso at plus 175 for a top six or Esteban Ocon? at plus 250 for a top six. I didn't think you were going to do me like that. Which one? <laughs> Which one oh. are we leaning towards? Keep those odds in mind. Though we think Fernando Alonso, you know, is handling the car a bit better, able to place a bit higher than Ocon. Ocon has the better odds at plus 250. I'm going to start with Tanner and get right into it. I didn't you- think you were going to do me like that. I thought you were going to do me different. Oh, man. Oh, that that's that's hard. Oh, I thought you were just going to give me something about Alonzo. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I'll, I'll stick to my guns. Alonzo has a great history here. He is a three-time uh, Spanish Grand Prix champion here in Barcelona. And I do think that he will put in a very strong result this weekend. I see a top six coming. Plus 175 odds. Give me that at minus odds. I'm still taking it. I am shocked that Tanner won't take his favorite driver at plus 250 odds when he's having a good year. That's surprising to me. I'm going to be honest. He's having a good year. Maybe not a great year. He's having a good year. And his teammate's having a bad year. And he's taking his teammate at plus 170 over Esteban Ocon at plus 250. That being said. That being said, I'd rather take Fernando Alonso in the top six at plus 170 over Esteban Ocon. And here's why. Esteban Ocon's had a good year. He's had a solid year. 
you know what he hasn't been doing very consistently? Finishing in those top six positions. Maybe he has once or twice, but I think Fernando Alonso, has he at all, Tanner? No, I think his cap is P7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, think that's I, right. I, I don't think that Esteban Alcon's got the skills to put the car in the top six positions. Uh, and that's skills. Why, and that's why we're seeing plus 250 odds. Plus Take 170 odds for a, a certified skills. world champion and Fernando Alonso. I like that. I think it's a rebound race for him. I think Alpine's going to be reliable for him this time. Let's see it. Come on, Nando. There we go. Back in the guy in his home Grand Prix racing in his backyard, looking for that top six finish at plus 175. Come on, Fernando Alonso. Ocon, better luck next time. <laughs> and before Alonso finishes in the podium positions. This hey, is what we're squaring up for. We're backing him on the top six. Now, getting in, speaking of podium, podium really sucks to talk about betting-wise this year, guys. Let's just be real. It really it sucks. It does. It does. It really sucks. Do you guys want to hear some long shots, or do you want to hear some sure things? What do you want? What, what do you want? I want to hear some Fernando Alonso podium odds. Get out of here, Tanner. <laughs> no I just want to hear the Fernando odds. Alonso on the podium. All right. I'm okay. Sorry. You know, I will say what we've been saying. For the entire year, all 20 episodes so far, we are a Botas podcast. And Valtteri Botas has plus 850 odds to get the podium. Do I advise that betting? No. Do I advise the support and the backing of it? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm but never got- making that bet, but go, go do that, everybody. Go I objectively that. would take Alonzo first. <laughs> objectively would take Lando Norris but it's besides the points we're just giving both us some love but seriously the two guys I want to ask you about here because I'm torn the odds aren't great but it's fun to bet on the podium those are the ones you're going to see celebrating when you're watching the race that's what's going to get your blood flowing is that podium bet do you guys like Carlos Sainz at minus 150 who we've seen make podiums but we've also seen struggle to finish races or do you like Checo, one Sergio Perez at minus 130 to make podium? With the odds, you're really not choosing it based off of that. I'm just more or less asking, who do you like to be up there supporting the other two if it is chalk, as we say? Perez or Signs? I'll start with you, Noah. Carlos Signs, easy, lock it in. Good game, baby. Wipe my hands clean. Carlos Signs podium. No questions asked. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not not even going to lie. I, I really like Carlos Sainz for this race. I'm ready for some Spanish blood to run r- run through Barcelona. I don't have I don't have Alonso on my actual podium predictions. We're not going that far. But Sainz is there. And, and Checo isn't. So that gives you a good idea of where I'm at on that comparison. There you yeah. go. Ferrari upgrade package. Let's see it. Let's see it. I like it. I like it. That was fun. I think we got some good bets out there, some good feelers. Let's see what happened if we can hit any of these bets. I think our favorite one, if I had to go back, is going to be Daniel Ricardo at plus 125 to make the points. I think the odds match the risk there. I think more than match it, you're going to probably steal some money from the bookies as long as Daniel Ricardo finishes the race. I expect him to be in the points. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was fun. Thanks, Lance. Let's jump into our podium predictions um, for the Spanish Grand Prix. How do we want to do this? We want to go P3, P2, P1. We want to, we want to do one person at a time like usual. I don't know. I've got some hot takes in my podium. I think I've played it a little safe, gotten, gotten pretty accurate. I'm ready to be accurate with some hot takes this week. No, I, I want you, you last. Guys. I want uh, you last yeah. so we can spend uh, some time on yours. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Maybe Tan should go first because I'm feeling bold. Like, well, we're all very bold. Saucy I'm feeling ready for Grand some Prix. hot takes. I'm ready to, to fill up the debates that we had from the driver rankings and inject them into this podium conversation. Ooh. So, Tanner, start us Ooh. off with your podium. My podium is featuring one Spanish maestro, Carlos Sainz, not P3, not P2, coming home with the victory in Barcelona. Carlos Sainz turning the F1 world on its head, surprising all the haters and raising that Spanish flag as he does his victory lap around Barcelona. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be great. P2 I have his brother-in-arms, Charles Leclerc, And lastly, in P3, I don't think he is going to be snuffed too bad. He is coming home with P3, downgrade, Max Verstappen, first non-race win finish of the season. Not sure if that made sense grammatically, but it's how I said it. Fair enough. That was a little little spicy. That was a nice, like, first shot of the night. You know, you just got out, you're cheering, you're seeing your boys for the first time, you're seeing your pals. It's the first shot. Let me warm you up with shots like two, three, and maybe four. And we'll let Noah finish off the night. Oh, here we go. Oh, goodness. Starting off with Carlos Sainz. I don't have him in P1. I don't have him in P2. But I do have him in P3. Carlos Sainz is going to come through with the Ferrari. He's going to come through in P3. I got faith in the man. It's going to be great. It's not going to be the wind, but it's going to be a podium at, you know, his home circuit. So that'll be great. Next, in P2, I have one, Sergio Perez. I have Checo. Red Bull has a good car. I think he's been struggling to outperform signs. Maybe he gets them. Those two, a little flippy-floppy with, but I'll put him in P2. As we get into P1, let me preface with something I mentioned earlier. Oh. I said maybe we had a Leclerc Verstappen accident coming in the works. Oh, and sometimes goes, Tanner. Sometimes you got to go on the limb. And I have a Leclerc and Verstappen accident, both DNF spicing up that championship race. I think we would all welcome that. As long as the drivers walk away safely, it'll make the championship more interesting. The points close. We'll build a bit more of a rivalry, similar to some of the stuff we had last year, which is fans we all loved. So that's what I'm going for this week, trying to manifest a safe dnf for both drivers and on podium i have one lewis hamilton returning oh. back to oh. p1 mercedes with the package i put some shame on his name in the driver rankings you can go and listen to it but you know i have a return for him again this is with the prediction of the crash that is where i'm at what do you guys think <laughs> You know what? My spicy takes are incorporated in both of your podiums. All right. 
They're, they're, they're both there. They both exist. Am I predicting a Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc crash? No, not really. That, that one is flaming. That's, that's, that's really out there. But similar to Tanner, I've got Carlos Sainz taking home his first win in Formula One at his home Grand Prix in Barcelona. Listen, I think it's time for him to perform. I think he's primed and prepped to have a great session. And you know what? I think Ferrari actually favor Carlos Sainz for this race. Yeah, I said it. I think they're going to give him some deference. They're going to say, this is your home race. You go out and grab a race. When you're in fifth place, Ferrari could use the points. You could use the points. Let's do it. I I think they, they let him go, and I think he grabs home a P1 in P2. I've got, like Tanner, his brother in arms, Charles Leclerc. I think this is a Ferrari weekend, guys. I, I said I thought this was a Ferrari weekend last time, and we got a Ferrari double podium. It was just reverse what I thought it was. I think we see Ferrari P1, P2. It would not surprise me with this supposed upgrade package. I think they really bring it. Because, I mean, with the up, without the upgrade package, we had both Ferraris out qualifying the Red Bulls. We see that, and then with an upgrade package, we don't expect the Ferraris to be P1, P2. That's just what I'm betting on. P3, we did slander him in our power rankings. I'm going hot take. I'm going Mercedes, bringing it back. I got Lewis Hamilton bringing home P3. Listen, it's hammer time. I think this is the track for him. And I think it's time for him to perform. You know, he's gotten in his head about this jewelry. He's gotten in his head about some other bad performances. Listen, guys, it's Lewis Hamilton. He's going to perform. It might not be every race this year, but it's going to be this one. So I've got him in P3. That's my podium. We got some spicy takes all around. We got a couple of Carlos Sainz win predictions. If we hit that, that'd be shocking. I don't know what the odds are for a Carlos Sainz win. But, man, would it be cool for him to take home his first race victory ever. It would be special. It would be special. And you know what? I'll give it to you guys on those Lewis Hamilton predictions. That was something. Lewis Hamilton, a six-time champion at the Spanish Grand Prix here in Barcelona, matching only Michael Schumacher. Ooh. Also a six-time likes champion to beat Michael. in Barcelona. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So I like it. It's a track that he does like. It's a track that he has given us some spectacular results in here in the past. So I'm here for it. I, I like it, guys. All right. Those are some fun podiums. I think we're getting there. We're coming out of our shells a bit, and we're, uh, we're giving some hot takes. We're, we're predicting some changes, and I think that's what we want to see. You know, we've seen pretty, pretty chalk podiums up to this point, so it's time to see some new teams up there. I know we only added Mercedes. Ease our ways into that. Some butterfly effect, you know? We're coming out of our cocoons. We're Look spreading out. our wings. Look out for Fernando Alonso, guys. We're flapping. It's a possibility. Here. We're flapping for our lives for these podium predictions. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Right what was in that I got cheese. my two truths and a lie right this week. <laughs> there you go. Any closing thoughts, guys, that you have on the upcoming Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona? I'll start with you, Noah. Any closing thoughts? No, I think I said it all. I expect Ferrari to show up and show out this weekend. 
I expect Mercedes to pack it in, whether it's both drivers or one of the drivers, that one being Lewis. I expect the Lewis weekend. I think he's going to show up on Saturday ready to fight. I think that transitions into Sunday as long as they have a reliable strategy, which they did last year. So that's what I'm predicting. I think we might see some interesting stuff in the midfield around the P7 to P10 area. We might see some Botas. We might see some – I would love to see some Mick Schumacher points. We didn't talk about him much this podcast. I think that would be fun. He, he still hasn't scored points in his F1 career. If Haas kind of you know keep mirroring Ferrari like those rumors indicated – Maybe they show up with an upgrade package that I haven't heard about. And we see some Mick Schumacher points. I would love that. But yeah, it's, Tanner, it's not crazy. Thoughts? It's not crazy. That would be definitely a spectacle. Uh, I do want to save some grace here for my man, Esteban Alcon. I knew, I know I took Fernando Alonso over him. It was not a slight. Alcon did perform really well here last year. At a race where overtaking is hard, he qualified, I believe, in P5, if not P6, and managed to finish in, I believe, P8 in the race, only getting beaten, I think, by Sainz and Ricardo had some strong race results compared to their qualifying uh, tally. And so with that, I wouldn't be shocked by an Esteban Alcon result here, too. So all that to say, still have some love for my man. There you go. Love to hear it. And since we're all being a little bit homers, I will say I look forward to McLaren being back with both cars in the points, scoring this weekend. So Team Papaya, be excited. I see that happening come race day. Maybe even higher points for Lando Norris or Danny Ricardo for being fair. So get excited. Well, that's it for the Spanish Grand Prix race preview. As we've mentioned a couple of times, we've posted a driver rankings episode. I think it's really fun discussing and debating. We would love to hear what you guys think about it. So please share us your thoughts, check them out, do your own rankings and compare them before the episode. See if your top 10 match up with our top 10. But anyway, as always, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, Please share it with others. Leave us that rating interview. We really appreciate those five stars. To catch all the latest from us, follow us on Twitter at F1 Wheel to Wheel. Thanks again, and that's the checkered flag for today. We'll see you next time on the Wheel to Wheel F1 podcast.